Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 47. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine SADMAG. So, I have to remind you all to come to our comedy show at The Hive, June 23rd. We've got Sean Devlin, Amber Harper-Young, Alan Williams, Katie Norgren, Ava Julian, and Emma Cooper. These folks have been a part of things that you like, like Shit Harper Did, Blanket Fort Comedy. Also, tickets are 2 for 15 and $5 beers, so it's the cheapest night out on the town, guaranteed. So get your tickets at sadmag.ca slash events. And I'm going to forego too much more preamble because we have two lovely guests on today, Lizzie Carp and Ken Tsui, known for their work as Here There. They put on all those amazing events that delight your senses like Record Club and Sensory Cinema. If you haven't been to one of their events, if you hurry, you might be able to snag a ticket to their latest Record Club, which is all about Janet Jackson. This Friday, June 16th at the China Cloud, visit hearetheirstudio.com for more deets. But for now, here's my interview with the dazzling duo, Lizzie and Ken. Sorry. How are you guys doing? I know you're American, sorry. This um, burns. Okay, burns. sorry. Okay, okay, gotta stop. Uh, hard reset. Yeah, you are American. How are you feeling about the state of? Uh, <laughs> that is like a states. thirty minutes itself. I know. It's a Just a quick, start. like oh, in I'll two leave. words. I'll leave if you want. Sum up your feelings about what's going on. Fuck this. Yeah, that's the right answer. But if you're able to remove yourself from it and just think that it's just TV, like you're watching a drama, mm-hmm. it's very, very compelling. Yeah, like it is, yeah, it is compelling. Either way, though, it's compelling because when it's happening to real people, oh, it gets you right there. It's, it's like a documentary. It yeah. happens to real people. You mm-hmm. just have to remove yourself from it if you want to be able to watch it. Yes. Yeah, without crying. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know. I kind of call BS on everyone that's like so heartbroken like like can't go to work or you know like like some people are milking it it's like we live in Canada like I know it sucks but like I mean yeah are you really that who is not showing up to work right now I don't know people just online you know lazy bones (laughs) you know lazy people shout out to all my dual citizen friends suffering like it's like weird survivor guilt Mm. Where you're watching a car crash and it has like all your friends and family and like some other cool people like Beyonce's in the car too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Beyonce won't be affected though. She's like part of the Illuminati or whatever. Oh, she's fine. (laughs) She's going to walk away from this unscathed. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, Can't say Jay-Z's going to walk away unscathed though. What do you think's going on? Do you think he cheats on her? I don't know why you would, but like, does he really? You know what's crazy? I was just thinking about this today. Okay. It's so Tell crazy. Tell me what you're thinking about. I was reading this article about Aziz Ansari hanging out with Jay-Z. All, like, the casually Chris Rock will be there. And, like... Jay-Z is the real out. big bud? Yeah, they're, like, yeah, they're just all <laughs> hanging out. And I'm, like, yeah, these guys have, like, normal lives where they're just hanging out. And then I was, like, that guy must cheat. Right? He has to. There's, like... Because feel- do you think people do because just the opportunity arises? I think so. Okay. Do you? Yeah, but I also know that, you know, like, a lot of people have 
these arrangements where they have open relationships but don't tell anybody they have open that's true i mean that is possible sports players have that that is possible that that that's a thing that they have i don't know somehow i feel like well i don't know she could be like getting down with all sorts of hot dudes also so like who's to say but they will all talk though that's why you wouldn't want to do it because they're all gonna like sell their story to like the inquirer and make it seem like a crazy ass bad thing don't you think the cynic in me thinks that option um or they're like fuck me sign this nda sign this nda and then fuck me with your dick yeah and then, yeah and then go ahead yeah. yeah do you think he just has like a legal pad that's just like these ndas sex lawyer yeah the sex lawyer <laughs> the yeah, sex yeah, yeah, lawyer yeah. he's like let's do it one second i gotta call ken he's my sex lawyer it's your new job here's the deal 40 yeah. minutes yeah. yeah. No pictures. No, no, pictures. no pictures. Uh yeah. 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 Keep the butt stuff to a minimum. <laughs> yeah. Or a maximum. We don't or know. We don't hey, know. Yeah, that, yeah, let's negotiate. We don't really know. Right. Okay, well, I'm glad that we had that out of the way. We're very good at tangents, so that's fine. If you needed some, this can be whatever we want it to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just excited. Can we interview? Can, inter- can we guys? flip the script? You could do whatever you want. What do you what? What are you thinking? <laughs> um, uh, what do you like to do with like this podcast? What is it all about? Basically, it's about talking with creatives in the city and people maybe even creative adjacent. Just how do they do what they do? Where are their stumbling blocks, etc. Basically, it's about making me feel better about my insecurities <laughs> which ones oh basically um you know like n- like not feeling well this is something that i have talked about extensively on the podcast already um like perfectionism and not feeling like good enough never being satisfied with my work etc this got real real quick sorry <laughs> Are you Chinese? <laughs> just want to make sure you're not Chinese, right? Or have Jewish lineage? <laughs> no, but I don't know. It's just yeah, a lot of a lot of bad feelings over here. <laughs> I think that the best work comes out to satisfaction. I'm going to just be controversial and say that. Well, no, and that's the thing. It's like it if I try to because I've learned so much about this. I'm like, do I try to stop it, or has it been integral to my the work? The good work that I have done. Gotta use it. Gotta channel it. I know, but like, I f- also feel bad though. <laughs> right. Like how though? Like, oh, to- just like projects will just keep you up at night. Little mistakes you've made, like the magazine. Oh, it's so brutal. Every time there's some stupid fucking mistake, and then I just think about it for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's so dumb. But the people who who like experiencing the cheese issue. Like we, your your audience doesn't see it or feel it or or experience it as, as terribly as you will. I know, and it's not about them. I guess you know, it's me. It's my own problems. It's personal development. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it from a positive thing. I think that you know, you all, you okay. You don't always know if you're going to get the next issue, but you can always look out for that problem that I sound like well, someone's dad no no but, no, 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 but you're right this is really you know, good like, no but this is why I keep doing it because I'm like the next one I'm gonna get you and it's gonna be perfect and then it's and, another mistake and then another mistake so that's the kind of it is the that is the thing that I think drives me so it is scary to try to like let go of it but 
let's it's like a therapy session for me now let's no, but, no i like this this I'm is gonna good say, i'm gonna say like you think about musicians and you think about filmmakers and artists late career artists don't create compelling work it's only oh mm. man that's a super mm. controversial that note. is real yeah that is interesting though they don't make as compelling work as they as like their first album that is true or their second album the urgency isn't there anymore mm. you know so mm. a lot of people you know it's better to care than not to because some people don't even care anymore i know martin scorsese <laughs> <laughs> or it's like how do you balance giving enough fucks like you want to give you don't want to give you want to give few fucks because you don't. There's a point where you can't care what people are going I know. to think. Can't give Hold all on the fucks. You can't give them all, and then lightly. that's yeah, mm. and that's late career artists. I think they're like so mm-hmm. wound up in response or feeling like they have to fill um, this label, and that's when they're stuck. And so I like trying to stay in that place where I. I give enough fucks to make an experience special and respect people's time, but I also kind of give zero. Facts. Yeah, it's got it's got to be that real balance of giving none and giving a lot, I, and it sounds like, like four the opposite. Or five fucks. Yeah, but you know me, I give like a lot of fucks all the time. It's like the fucking fuck festival. <laughs> but yeah. you do, but you are you you do. It is the fuck festival, but then you there's a point where you have to let go, and you do, and yeah. that and it's that ba- that's like. Um, that's when the ugh, this sounds cheesy this is my therapy moment but that's when the magic that you create truly happens is when you've tried to control every single element and there's nothing that you like you, you, whether it's time or it's rushed or you can't do whatever you just have to let go and it has to happen and that's 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 when it's delivered magic happens you wanted to say it yeah but no and also you you go like a lot of the time you're like so distra- you can't give any more fucks because you're too busy giving a fuck about the new thing mm-hmm. and oh, you're yeah. like that's a good way to let go of the current thing though get a new thing get a new thing and then yeah. you're like okay I, I think that the, the, the thing that the ultimate failing is when people don't actually learn from fucking up like they sort of like yeah. don't, they just forget that they screwed up. Or they mm. avoid it, or or they don't think they screwed up. Walk away yeah. from it. Like that's worse. Yeah. I yeah. think that people who who don't acknowledge that are are not. Yeah. Um, they don't make as interesting work. It's not to say they don't make interesting work. It could be more interesting. Yeah. They we're in constant emotional turmoil with themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. Do you so you really think it's necessary to be in like kind of that turmoil state to make good work yeah yeah I think it, it it's person to person I, I have to be yeah I, I think I have to be I, have, I think I have to be yeah or it's either so um, it's either like turmoil or deep curiosity and curiosity can be a reaction to something um, or a, a, an interest or an obsession something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I find to my detriment when I'm bored of something and Lizzie knows this I yes. sort of just walk away from it and like put myself in another uncomfortable place oh, and then really? complain about that oh no like I'm a victim of that even though I put myself there like the guy from Memento yep. oh no yeah. and like I forget that I put myself there I'm like oh life's so hard it doesn't have to be hard like I just decided that I was going to make my life hard and I forgot that I did that. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah, but when you're Sorry. magnetized and drawn to that thing, 
as someone who's worked with you for years, I can tell that that's what you care about. And that's going to be the thing that, that you have to kind of, it's like a, like you're solving this Rubik's cube or something. Um, you have to spend time with it to crack it. And then we're just talking about settlers of Catan. It's like you, you've got all your pieces set up. And then once you can see the end game, you're like, all right, fuck this board. Fuck this game. I'm out of there. And you're on to the next one. Yeah. It's no fun if you know you're going to win. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Some people love it. Some people, I played my friend in uh, FIFA, mm-hmm. the soccer game, and he loves beating me. And he knows he's going to win. We both know there's yeah. a social contract yeah. that he's going to win. And he loves it. Which I, like, I'm like, what's the fun in yeah. that? You yeah. know, knowing that you're going to win. What's the point? So how do you keep yourself challenged in in your work? Both of you. Mm. One of you. Ha- um... Are you purposely, like, doing things, like, you think are impossible? Yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, um, impossible scenarios that come up, whether it's around if it can happen in the city that we live in, if there's an audience for it, if there's access to elements to make it happen, um, if it's an idea that will translate beyond a conversation. Um I think I have less fear, and this is definitely from working with you, mm. about trying new things and just tr- just doing them because they won't all work out. And at the end of the day, that's fine. Like no one is coming up and like with a long list of what didn't work out, mm-hmm. or they can't even see them. It's like back to that kind of perfectionist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think it's taking risks head on and then really that kind of like gut intuition of if there's a project or a problem or a creative problem that's so interesting that I can't stop thinking about or talking about, then I, 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 I can't let it go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what the question was, but I'm going to say something anyway. You do it. Uh, I think that uh, I'm, I have this tendency to go into a restaurant or go somewhere and the the most unfamiliar thing to me that I haven't had before is the one that I choose and I do that every time mm. and like mm. and it, it you, it's not even like supposed to be like you know if, even if it's not that good I'm I'm immediately attracted to the thing that I don't understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's gets me in trouble and gets me out of trouble but mostly in trouble. <laughs> but I like, you know, I'll, I'll be like, ooh, like I haven't had this before and then I'll just order that instead. Like, you know, it, instead of, I know people, I've gotten in arguments uh, where, you know, somebody gets upset with me because I don't want to eat at the same place twice or I don't want to eat the same yeah. thing twice. Yeah, or like, do you get mad if um, they order the same thing as you? Yeah, they, yeah. you don't get to share. Yeah. That's the deal. Yeah. Just don't do it. Yeah, and it's like, or or that I I get like when somebody uh, wants to go to the same place. Where, like I'm on vacation, and then they want to go back to the same place. Oh, on vacation, it's I'm like, it's tough no, to do. man, we gotta go to the new place. That's the whole point. And so yeah, I feel like it's 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 natural. At least at this point in my life, it's natural to to sort of go and. Um, do the thing that I'm 
most curious about. Now, does that translate to your personal life? Not to talk about like too much of your personal life if you don't want to, but like, do you end up dating people like in cycles like that? We're like, I'm bored of you. Next. If if I had the luxury to oh, for people to date to to want to date me more than one person wants to date me. Thank you, Layla. Currently, shout uh, out to Layla. Yeah, shout outs to Layla for enduring this bullshit. Um, but uh, I, I think dating is a horrible example because I've never been a good dater. Okay. But I think eating, I eat every day, right? More so than I'm supposed to. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that would be a thing. But I, I also with the, with that, it's 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 with people, it's different. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't get bored of my friends, mm-hmm. but that's because. People change. Yeah. And so the people who don't change are the people that don't end up living in my life for very long. Mm -hmm. But the people who are gradually finding new things to be interested in uh, are the people that stay in my life. Yeah. Curious people. Curious people or people that are are not done exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much to see. There's so much to sort of talk about or, or, or think about and... And things like that. That's like you know. I think, you know, interesting people are interested people. Yeah. So so if you're if you're not, um, if you're doing the same thing all the time, um, it's, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. You don't got a lot to say. Yeah, I don't want to be a dick about it. Like where I'm like, oh, everybody in my life is super interesting. They are, but then it's also like people. I think other people like you. It, that's what how silos happen. Like you end up gravitating towards pe- like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It naturally forms that way, right? Mm-hmm. You have really interesting people in your life too. Yeah, who are all interested in like it's the same kind of thing. They're they're uh, either obsessive or creative, so they they can't help but like apply that to whatever phase of their life that's in. Um, and I think it's that kind of personality that that we're drawn to each other and. I think I've tried to apply that curiosity or openness lately. Just extend empathy to try to create relationships with people who I might judge quickly. Because mm. mm-hmm. um, I have been out of the dating game for 10 years of this year. What's just... up, Pat Cooley? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so I the the part of me that like gets curious and gets to know people and wants to know them is really more in like either a, like a creative relationship or a friend relationship and I've lately tried to be open to people who on first blush you're like I don't know what we're gonna I don't know what we're gonna have in common yeah um, and I've liked that exercise in the last little bit um, and I've been really surprised by it yeah yeah. So, um, is that how you find, like, how do you find the people that get involved with your events, like, where it be, maybe it's storytelling, or maybe it's, like, a food collaboration, are you finding it through the, through that, those channels, just, like, you know one person, then meet another, et cetera? Are you meeting as collaborators, or as yeah. people, oh, yeah, uh, well, I think that, Everybody from storytelling to like creative projects, everybody's got their own thing, mm-hmm. right? And everybody's creative. And I think going through very similar turmoils of trying something new all the time. And it's, I think, through projects that we do with them, um, where they get the opportunity to do something different and disrupt their everyday, at least 
with food. Mm-hmm. I think that I can only I I think that you could probably speak to storytelling more, Lizzie. But for food, I mean, we were just working with Andrea Carlson last night, mm-hmm. and she was making food that she would never be able to make at Burdock and Co. Yeah, how did it go? What did you actually end up making? So the, it was Tenenbaums, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Royal Tenenbaums. So do, do they make like? Did that, why do I feel like there was like a chicken or something in that? What was? What were they eating around that? that dinner scene that time you know it's it's funny the, the Royal Tannenbaums and the, I think Andrea got a little annoyed with me about it she was a really good sport about it there's not a lot of food in Royal Tannenbaums yeah and the goal of sensory cinema and projects like that is to go higher level than the literal connection to food. Yeah, like food. maybe it's the food colors and form the vegetables and for whatever for yeah. example yeah the perfect distillation of that when working with Andrea was that in one of the scenes we know Margot Tenenbaum famously smokes like crazy yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Oh, so you did a smoke something. She, yeah, she's, she basically, um, it was so crazy. Like she did a whipped cream and while she was whipping the cream, she had c- cigar smoke whipped into what? yeah into the cream I love that and then piped into what looked like a cigarette and so you're eating the cigarette and it tastes like it's like a chocolate twill amazing and a cigar cream so you're like eating something that's like sort of tastes like I, I've been I've smoked for a decade and I'm like this tastes like what smoking is but it's but good. delicious. It's yeah. tasty. Yeah. And so when you know when she's the la- the last scene where she's sharing a smoke with Richie Tenenbaum, that's when we s- send it out, and that was like the last dish we we sent out, and that was like a, like almost like the final fireworks. Where yeah. Like, people were like whoa, like you know you could hate it or love it, but it you respond to it mm-hmm. so strongly regardless of whether or not you love it or hate it, and it's nothing that she would ever serve at a restaurant. Yeah. She would, she's playful in her food, and she's very cerebral with her food, and she really embraces the West Coast. Um, landscape, but she never gets to play like that. Yeah, and that's to that I could tell. She, that, those are the moments where she's like looking. She was like peering out the door, watching everybody yeah. respond, and that's that's exciting. That's what I live for as a as a person collaborating with another person, seeing yeah. the other person as ex- excited as I am. What do you think um, is was like the best uh, event you guys put on? What do you think most successful yeah, or your favorite? And maybe it wasn't the most successful, but. The one that, um, the one we get asked about often, and I'm not saying it's the best or my favorite, but um, we hosted a ping pong competition two or three years ago now, and um, it was an invitational for groups of people to come and play ping pong. Was that an electric L? Nope. It was at, um, it is now the Rise Building. But it was Maker Lab, and it was the last event in that space before okay. it, it became a hole in the ground. And I think a little, like I I've tried to unpack why people ask us about that all the time, and I think it's because for six hours it didn't feel like we were in Vancouver. Um, people were dressed up and acting ridiculous. Um, the the space felt bigger and cooler. It was a space that people hadn't been in, but maybe walked past mm-hmm. a thousand mm-hmm. times, and it really gave permission for people to 
talk to like talk to people that they hadn't before and I, that's why it comes up all the time so so you said it didn't didn't feel like Vancouver like what do you think Vancouver is then now you're in trouble <laughs> <laughs> I think oh I don't want to answer this question in in that instance um uh there's a there's a there's there's some experiential things that were that did not feel Vancouver. The space was large. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, we were up late. Um, uh, people were in costume. Like there are just specific things that 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 felt fun. <laughs> yeah, and, stranger, and strangers were talking to one another. Yeah, what is that all about? Look at each other in the eye and shit. Do you know like, why? Because I think like when you have an activity to do, it's like so much easier. Yeah, and so it's less about like a larger conversation of no fun city or policy or space. I think it's there is that conversation, and we can have that if we want. But maybe like just the planets aligned, so we give people excuses to do silly shit and talk to each other and have something to talk about and something to post on their Instagram and reminisce about and it's pretty simple yeah yeah um is there something that you try to do that didn't work or that you're like still have in your mind every project (laughs) every project so uncomfortable um (laughs) oh I don't know I don't know we've we've tried you know what's funny I think the thing that didn't work was hosting a uh, pretty much a free event Yep. Why that would you insane. do it? Which one? It was um. It was a uh, just like a way to th- thank people for being excited about what we do. So we really want to give back and do something a little bit uh, fun and 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 free and easy to access. And uh, and there were no tickets. You didn't buy any tickets because it was free, and people just RSVP'd, and none of them showed up. Where was this? Which one was this? This is called The Fitting Room. I don't know if I want to talk about this. Oh, okay. It's okay. I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry, Spider. Do you want to talk about this? We can just talk about the concept. So the concept was... Um, okay, this is talking about, like, taking risks. Um, okay, so Vancouverites are, notor- you know, um, are notorious la- notorious last-minute planners. So what if we surprised them and made them feel special to have this invitation to this special pop-up? To have drinks and hang out. All the things that go over very well. Um, we put all those things in place. We had this great location, cool setup, delicious drinks. A bunch of people RSVP'd and BC bailed and did not show up. And it was the, the concept was that it was in a, you know, a clothing shop and that the fitting room was basically a bar that people can go into right. as, like a, as if it was a fitting room. That's fun. And yeah, right? It was so all right. You know what, though? People, it's psychological. Like, when you attach a va- value to something, then it has value. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's sad, but true. Yeah, and I don't want to get cynical about the city and, and things like that, but, you know, um, it's just part of, yeah, it's part of the psychology of uh, buying a ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's 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 just that I, I don't want to hold this people against their decision not to come. That's fine. It was a sunny day, you know, a summer day. That you can't compete with good weather in Vancouver. Good weather will always win. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so so you know, uh, and it was it was yeah, it was a like a real strong uh, 
That was a real strong lose, that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so many wins. So many wins? So many wins. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe. See all these folks. Not see maybe. All these you know, this, this is what I'm talking about, the turmoil, right? You're like, every time you do something, you're like, ah, it's not good enough, or you're not there yet, or, or, or something like that. So The thing about fitting room that... that other than, well, other than not working, but the thing that really bugged me was we got really excited about the concept of applying things that we had experienced in other cities. So so uh, uh, going into a place with a secret invite with like a secret password yeah. that would let you into a space transformed felt like something we experienced in like New York or Paris or LA yeah. or the cities that, you know, we, we really try to bring these concepts and challenge people. And we know that there is an audience, like the people listening to this are a part of that audience who really crave that stuff. So... Um, for me, it's, you know, how do you have a failure like that and then just, bre- like, t- try to learn from what it is and, and still be hopeful that this is a city that does want a secret pop-up yeah. experience. Well, they do. I think it's, like, so hard to know exactly. Like you said, like, could have been weather. It could have been, you know, any number of, like, terrible cosmic things that aligned, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Not to sound like super fruity, I've mentioned like no, no, the cosmos no. twice. Now I sound like <laughs> a crazy person. Edit, edit, delete, uh, delete. Uh, it's a super it, fruity I rattler. Love crystals, yeah. Um, it's there's nothing wrong with loving crystals. You can love all the crystals you like. Yeah, I don't um, know if they do anything though, but yeah. Yeah, hey, they could. They, um, you know what? Placebo effect is real. It is. It's real. Um, it's real. I'm but, too cynical for them to work for me. Are we just like three cynical people just sitting here in the dark on a Friday? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's sunny outside. I, I, w- I would say that, you know, like in, in instances of failure, I think uh, like like fi- like fitting room, which are definitive, definitively um, not strong work. Uh, I would say that, you know, in a lot of ways, you can't win them all, but you can certainly learn from them all. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was a real learning there, too. Mm-hmm. So that's like going back to the, you know, the classic callback to like thinking about how some things do work, some things don't work. You can't take it for granted that some things do. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you just have to do them to see, to mm-hmm. find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a hallmark, which I'm learning, of a perfectionist is to take for granted things that do work out. You're just like, oh, well, of course. Next. <laughs> you had an aha. What happened? It wasn't aha. It was more of like, um, and, uh, and I'm happy to really talk about this process. I last night we were at Pechkucha, Pachop, whatever. Yep. Um, PK. <laughs> PKN. Um, and I was thinking about how risky or the bravery it is to evolve a project that Vancouver's or a city feels like they know. Mm-hmm. And. That is a project that we are currently working on right now, which is taking something that has been around in the city for a while, which is this Rain City Chronicles project, and transforming it into something new and reintroducing it to an audience. Like the rec- the record club? Into record yeah. club. Yeah. And that that is a risky move. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's one that... I love it, though. I mean, it's great. People love music. It's such a good idea. Yeah. 
It could be. It could be. You're still. I feel like we're still in the infancy stage, and it, it's like it's nice to change it up. I mean, Lizzie nurtured something and, and created something that you were a part of as well. Um, I came. I don't you, know. You, you, you came, <laughs> uh, and you. But you told stories and stuff at. at uh, oh, at Rain City. Yeah. yeah. Rain City. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. an alumnus. You're okay. An alumnus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you know what it's all about, and I think that. Yeah. Um, Taking something as beloved as Rain City, which people still talk about all the time and ask when the next one is, even though it hasn't happened in like a year and a half, two years, <laughs> uh, that um, and taking that and, and pivoting it into something as bold as uh, weaving music into it is is uh, is scary sometimes, you know, like making that move. And also being a person who, you know, I was not there when Lizzie started Rain City. Uh, I came in quite late in the game, I'd say, right? Yeah. Like fourth year of five. Yep. Right? And being like, all right, let's go and move this over here, move, you know, and start like suggesting different things and doing things like that. I mean, it feels like, at least for me as a, as a partner in all this, it's like, um, it, it's your baby. And I'm like dressing your baby, putting a hat on it. A really cool hat. Taking the hat off, trying another <laughs> hat. Uh, and it's like, I, I sometimes want to know what you feel, how you feel about that. Like, it's a, it, it must be, doesn't it scare you at all? Make it nervous? I mean, he's you, gonna you, drop the baby. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you really carved a name out for yourself as a, as a really facilitator of stories through Rain City. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of changing that, I mean, doesn't that does that does that make you nervous? It does, but I. Um this really goes like we're still in that same place of talking about risk and and remaining curious about something and um, creating a space for people to share stories in a way that's inspiring and for everybody is really all I wanted to do. Um, and there was a point where it just was not fulfilling. And that was kind of slayed that dragon, right? It's kind of like what you were saying. You kind of knew what it was about. Yeah, even though it's always evolving and it is a creative challenge and it's super, like, to see people, to sit on the side of the stage and see someone who does not value their own voice find it in telling their own story, especially if that person does not often have a platform to talk, is so, it just brings tears to my eyes, but there were, there were, um, this is, you know, a privileged place to be and, like, to, 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 to have a sold out room it was that christmas special we did sold out room like all of these bells and whistles like i could only dream of doing and find a creative partner as fucking insane as you to to be like yes we're doing that we're fucking doing all these things and it went off so well and i just sat on the side of the stage and was like i can't even tell if this is good anymore I still don't understand that feeling. When you told me that, I'm like, I don't get it. It's, did I like? Did I do something wrong? I don't understand. No, I, I, I honestly didn't understand. Still don't. Like, why we decided not to do them anymore? And I still like. It's crazy that you say that. That you say that. I hear what you're saying. I still, but I still don't like hear it. You know, like I like hear the words, but they don't like. But it's a, okay. Click. I know you're because the, the when you see the output. And you see the reactions of the people and the people participating. People were leaving with, like, photos of Santa and the storytellers were, like, so empowered and all the things that always happen, but it just wasn't speaking. And I think it's because I stopped being curious. Like, 
I stopped being curious about the format, about the boundaries we could push. It kind of felt easy. I'm cringing saying that. But it was the minute I... Uh, this, like, baby metaphor is not really working for me, but the fact that you were able or willing to go on this journey with me to kind of, like... You gave me an excuse to fuck with something, knowing we talk about, like, okay, we're going to lose some audience in changing it up. Um, still being true to, to using, like, story as a, as a way to bring people together to have a conversation about something. But um, Vancouver is filled with people who can evolve. And you gave me an excuse to be like, okay, we're going to evolve this. Like, it doesn't have to be the same thing. Just like Pachacucha, like that, you know, that it can be shaped slightly differently to evolve and to support a different kind of audience, and that that's not a bad thing. And I get uncomfortable, we get uncomfortable talking about it sometimes, and I don't know why, but I think we're on the right track. Yeah, interesting. Maybe. Huh. I didn't really thought, yeah, I, I like. We we fucked with Rain City hard. We did, like, and we I like, and those are my favorite. Like those are my favorite things. But I think it was just starting to. Was I fucking with it too hard? No. Like no. Was like. But it it uh, it feels like it's just the beginning of playing with the format and of what we can do. Right. Um. And then if we have an audience who expects crazy shit, then we we have more room to play. Like, who wants to do this? Like, we're not in the business of doing the same, delivering the same shit every time. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. You're yeah. you're always trying to like you you are so good at challenging, challenging an audience, our audience, and nice. wanting more from them. And I have just learned that from you, and so now I'm like, yeah, we're going to pick challenging albums. We're going to push challenging themes. We're going to be able to have better stories because our jumping off point is uh, who chooses the, if I may ask or how do you come up with the albums <laughs> painful, is it a debate painful debates yeah. that last I we can, can have one right now we're not doing Pearl Jam god damn it I know you want to do Pearl Jam I don't like Pearl Jam either I don't yeah. like Pearl Jam no, okay but, but there's a debate there's a debate there's a pro and con I see the pros and I see the cons yeah cause okay. everyone that's a perfect example tell me yeah. what the perfect okay do should we talk about what record club is? Yeah, then we can talk about the perfect yeah. record club record. Yeah. So obviously, record club is like the evolution of Rain City Chronicles. People talk about their, I guess, experience about the album because you guys choose a specific album, and then you'll have like a musical number, um, obviously a cover of from the album, drinks, fun, good times. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. And I think that one of the things uh, about it is that it may seem simple to tell stories about an album very, very directly. Like, oh, I grew up with this album. I listened to it when I lost my virginity um, or whatever. What were you listening to when you lost your Elliot virginity? Smith. Oh, my oh, wow. God. I can't Needle in the hay. remember, yeah. you oh, know? Yeah. Needle in the hay. For sure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Woo! Okay, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, well, they do call it Le Petit Mort. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, but um, I'm sure that girl is not listening to this podcast right now. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, it's, it's less about those direct connections and giving people space to think about the larger picture of those albums. What are the themes of those albums? What was the band going through? Or what was the, per the artist going through at the time? Extrapolating those themes and giving people an opportunity to tell stories around those themes. Basically taking an album and giving it more layers and more depth. So we're really exploring albums through personal story. Mm -hmm. Not just about living with the album, but you know, um, subjects around the album. I think um, LC Sound System is an example I use all the time, being that, you know, James Murphy is an aging hipster. You know, that in itself has a story, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that could be told by somebody else, uh, things like that. Um, uh, you know, th imagining that your city has lost its edge things like that, larger picture ideas always come into play. That's, I think, what attracted Lizzie too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, uh, there was a few things at once. Um, like, we've connected over music, both, you know, nostalgic, terrible music and, like, modern, amazing music and have talked about, like, the discourse around albums and, like, critical thinking around music has kind of faded away a little bit. Um, at least in my life, still talking about films, talking about artists' impact, Solange this, Solange that, but not speaking about like how an album was made, who the producers are. Um, well, it's not that kind of culture anymore. We don't listen to albums Playlists, anymore. we've got, yeah. And so it was a bit of the kind of missing that part of my life and how that's a great point for curiosity. And then also... Vancouver is a city made up of people who've come from somewhere else or who grew up in different neighborhoods or different socioeconomic spaces, but yet we were all exposed to Neil Young at some point, Alanis Morissette at some point. Um, we all were super cool in whatever year that LCD was around. And um, I've really loved finding people's different, like the different decades that they're finding these these musicians or albums and the the different life stories that are connected to that it's just a much more interesting intersection mm -hmm. and a less scary way to talk about really deep terrifying stuff like um death mm -hmm. um uh 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 abuse like abuse um Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have something uh, to like hold on to, like the the song or the album or the whatever. Yeah, and that's also you... like pop music. Like yeah. ha they, you know, you have this like. There are a lot of pop songs or popular albums that have really intense conversations below the really accessible lyrics, and mm -hmm. I think that we're able to kind of delve into both of those in a way, mm -hmm. and um, to challenge the storytellers that we're working with to do both takes a little bit more um, time and it's asking a little bit more from those people but I think that at least the people I've worked with are they're up for the challenge mm -hmm. and this next one Janet Jackson mm -hmm. Janet 
coming up sure. on the 16th. Yeah. Yes. Um, this kind of goes around like how to pick an album that works. Yeah, it's it's challenging process, but I don't know. I think we we just started this uh, record club, so it's it's a little easier because you can go through all the albums that you're you're sort of wild about. Yeah. And you've been living with. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of debate about first not just choosing the album, but making sure that all those albums have. Uh, really great themes surrounding them. Right. That there's entry points. Yeah. Can you name um, all the albums we've done? Um, okay, let's see if I can do it. I've only been to two of them. Uh, That's not true. The Smiths. Yeah. Queen is Dead. Neil Young. Harvest. David Bowie. Ziggy Stardust. Alas, Morissette. Jagged Little Pill. LCD Sound System. Sound of Silver. Mm-hmm. And Janet. Janet. Yeah. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, having those entry points is always, always really great. It's, it's not enough for an album to just be good. You know, I'm a yeah. big think piece. Like, I I was going to call myself a think piece slut, but I was like, ah, I don't want to use that. Term. I just did <laughs> anyway. Whatever. Um, There's going to be a think piece about that. Yeah, mm. I, I just love think pieces. I like, read them too much. Um, like, I should be consuming more culture, reading less think pieces uh, <laughs> about culture that I've already seen uh, or experienced. But um, it's probably because, like, everything goes by so fast. You just want to, like, hang out with it a little more yeah you yeah know? well I said think, i think uh, i think about the power of think pieces too being able to take lowbrow and elevate them to middlebrow mm-hmm. at which, least at least yeah and highbrow <laughs> and if, pull it down too which yeah. is which is yeah those are think pieces i enjoy where they're like either like unpacking a film that thinks it's you know so cerebral and they're like no this is how it was made or what they're actually trying to do and so it kind of yeah, works or it's a full rip off or it doesn't work thing. yes, so, yes. It it, like it actually doesn't translate the me- message you want or what have mm-hmm. you like what is it uh, the big comparison with Wonder Woman and The Little Mermaid <laughs> it's like the same movie if you think about it it's the same movie I never saw Wonder Woman that's fine have you seen Little Mermaid yeah it's the Boom. same thing same world. World. does she get flippers at the end pretty much I don't know it's (laughs) just like classic fish out of water I don't know I don't but like it's those things that like that that I I I find it's funny that you like when things come down I like when things go up like I like to um, read pieces about low culture that bring Mm -hmm, to the mm -hmm, middle mm -hmm. um, maybe because I feel like I want to justify guilty pleasures if there is such thing you know what I mean um but uh, but yeah, I, I think that there's also, I think for both of us, uh, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but um, the, the, the yearning to do our version of what I think piece is for music. I, I can't talk mm-hmm. about music mm-hmm. at all, but I can talk about the ideas around music. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Can't yeah. talk about musicality whatsoever. I, I could not. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's not as interesting either, so you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, I think. Well, yeah. unless you're a total music geek. Yeah, totally. Um, but we got to wrap this up, guys. Ooh. Thank you so much for yeah, uh, coming we, into this hot Do room. we need to like tell you some one-liners or something? If what do you fulfilled? want? Hey, what do you got? Okay, hold on. Uh, why do I have to answer the, the 
I'm, I lost my virginity too, and nobody else had to. I was outside anything. for mine, so there's no music. Excuse me, really? Were you t- camping or something? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just in my backyard. Really? Whoa, that's a good one. Taking it to the streets. Uh, that was a, that was. We lived like on like acreage, like there wasn't anyone around. But anyway. Wow, that's crazy. Just it's the wrestling sounds of. Yeah. Yeah, boning. Boning. Broad daylight? Broad daylight? Broad daylight. Really? Just, I was a bad kid. Teens do it in the, no, teens just do it in the day in the day. (laughs) Teens be doing it outside. Why don't they do it in the road? Is that the song? (laughs) Why don't we just do it in the road? Nobody will be watching us. Why don't we just do it in the road? Beatles song. Yes, it is. George Harrison. Lots of Beatles coming up lately. Hmm. Uh, That was probably the song. Do you remember, Lizzie? Um... Thinking of that specific boyfriend, it was likely Fleetwood Mac or. It's respectable. That's respectable. Um, I think it was Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. It's good. good. Which is okay. Or it could be silence, too. Right. Yeah. Was it? It wasn't silence. There was death. Uh, yeah. You gotta have music to kill the mood, like not kill the mood, but like bring the mood. To, to kill the mood. To kill not the to bring <laughs> past guest Pat Kelly back into this, but he used like during the days of losing virginity would use a uh, james taylor oh, just like always that was the song because he would play he would play he would play james taylor albums to show girls he was sensitive really and i love that, that. <laughs> good move i love that, that as a move, move. yeah it's a good not, thing you're married then <laughs> yeah i just remember fumbling for cds like trying to find the right cd like flipping through books of cds oh, yeah. to try to find the right, right one for right. the mood um, I was also around a lot of Mormons, so it was less about. It was more about like dry humping soundtracks. There's uh. a, a lot of polyphonic spree going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that really dated us to know that that was a reference. Everyone but. who's listening is this old. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And now a track from Toronto Ben Del Bell. If you are missing the sweet old days of 90s trip-hop and wish Portishead was still around, look no further. This is a super sexy track from their latest album, Three. Here's Only Breathing from Del Bell. Yeah. 